This is daily lectionary comments for October the 1st. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 2, beginning at verse 16. The uh, beginning of the conquest of the promised land, the capture of the lands belonging to Sihon. Uh, and then also Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. Jesus unfolds for us the beauties of the treasures in heaven. All right, you do much reading in the Old Testament, and you come across Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, uh, and and one wonders who these people are. And today, uh, we 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 come into contact with Sihon. Sihon uh, was king in a town called Heshbon. Uh, actually, Heshbon was just sort of the central city. Is one of two uh, Ammonite kings and uh, that the Lord is giving these lands over to Israel. So we have passed by, and the first part of this reading, of course, is land, and more lands that, that, they, that were not being given uh, to the Israelites. I mean, pay some attention to that. The Israelites were not commanded just to gobble up whatever land they wanted and go as far as they wanted. They were given a discrete uh, piece of the planet Earth. And if it wasn't given to them by God, then they have no right to go on a, uh, a, a war of conquest. Those who, who are concerned that the impulse of, uh, of the Bible is that uh, Christians and believers are to conquer others by force, and they look at passages like this, completely ignore that. You have to understand that the, the lands of Sihon and Og, these were the lands to the east of the Jordan River, were the first part of the, that part of uh, the land which was promised to Abraham and to his descendants and is now going to be given to the Israelites. The people that lived in that land, the Canaanites, were under the judgment of God. They will be treated accordingly. So, Sion and Og are celebrated in the Old Testament. You'll see them pop up a, uh, a couple of times in the Psalms, in Deuteronomy, and in Numbers. And the reason why is because they were the first of the lands to be conquered. Another first is Jericho. Jericho was the first uh, city to the west of the Jordan uh, in the land of Canaan that, uh, that the Israelites were to conquer. Uh, and, and so uh, it also is celebrated. But after that, I mean, the, the conquest of the land of Canaan is, is, uh, is not celebrated, you know, city by city, event by event in the same way. So uh, th this is special in the hearts of, of the Israelites because this is when God began to give over the land of Canaan. So it's the judgment of God that is on Sihon, king of Heshbon, and the cities over which uh, he rules. This is not Moses' own judgment. This is not vengeance of the Israelites. They'd never met these people or had anything to do with them. Um, this is God's judgment. And uh, God can and does apportion the, the places of the earth uh, according to his will. And it is his will that the Canaanites be cleared out and the Israelites move in. And that process uh, is uh, beginning now. So, uh, you note also that uh, it seems disingenuous that uh, the Israelites would be commanded to tell Sihon that we're just passing through your lands. 
just like we told the king of Edom, just like we told the king of Moab, we're going to be passing through your land. We're not going to touch anything. We're away somewhere else. We'll, if we want any food or water, we'll buy it from you. Um, and they tell Sion the same thing. But of course, we're sitting here thinking, well, no, they're going to conquer that land. Well, okay, but th this is what this is showing is not that this is a lie. Sion trusts them, lets them come in. And, and then uh, they, the, the Israelites uh, plunder everything because Sion was stupid enough to believe these people. That's not what happened. That Sihon did not let them come in, and he shows his true colors. Israel said, we're going to pass through peacefully. We're not going to touch anything. Now, presumably, that would have been true had Sihon actually not uh, taken up arms and let them go through. And of course, God knows that that's not what's going to happen. And so it's, it's a little bit like Pharaoh and doing what he did. His heart uh, is hardened to, to do what Sihon was the kind of person to do. And so... The Israelites gave Sion an out, but Sion, being who he was, uh, chose to attack instead and was devoured because of it. So it's not as though Sion was sitting there perfectly peaceful, would have been just as happy as the Edomites and the Moabites to let the Israelites go by, but uh, God suddenly changes his heart to become this violent uh, uh, man who attacks Israel instead and then punishes Sion for that. That's not it. This was who Sion was. And so Sion acted according to who Sion was. And this offer of peace as we travel through peacefully was giving Sion a chance uh, to survive, a chance also to show his true colors, which he did and was judged for that. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. We're going to skip over the fasting part. It it's basically goes along with the alms. And, and the prayer um, that however we fast, however we give, however we pray, um, we must not do it for ourselves uh, and hypocritically, uh, but we should do it for our Lord because he is worthy. So, but then comes this uh, uh, section of scripture, the beginning in verse 25, that is well-loved, beloved by Christians, you know, the passages which tell us, not to be anxious. We are constantly uh, suffering with anxiety in this world, worried about this or that. And Jesus is teaching us not to be anxious. And he, he tells us why. Because our heavenly father will take care of us. He feeds, he feeds the birds of the air. He takes care of the lilies of the field. He's certainly going to take care of you. Do not be anxious. So don't say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Gentiles seek after these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them all. Now, so this is true. We should not be anxious because we know that God is ruling over all things, that God is ruling over us, that God loves us, and that God will take care of us, and he knows what we need even before we ask him. But we mustn't forget that one of the crucial reasons why a Christian might be able not to be anxious is in the passage just before this, where Jesus says in verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So, in other words, a ticket to anxiety is to have treasure on earth, whether it's physical things, 
or whether it's your health or whether it's a desire for for power uh, or what or, or whatever whatever it happens to be if your treasure is on earth it is vulnerable to being lost and being destroyed and your heart being what it is will be anxious about it so the best way not to be anxious is to store up your treasures in heaven where God himself will take care of them and where you don't have to worry about what's going to happen to them. Whatever happens to your stuff on earth, it wasn't really your treasure anyway. And what was really your treasure is always safe with the Lord. That's why he says in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And all these other things will be added to you as well. It's not as though we are to just to rise above the physical world and not care about anything in this world. We're not Buddhists. That's not what he's calling us to. God knows that we need these things, and he promises to take care of them. But just make sure that the things of this world, however much you may need them, are not your real treasures. Make sure your real treasure is Christ and the kingdom, and that you don't have to worry about it being taken from you. It won't. So um, there you have it. Uh, uh, we are not to be anxious about things because that which we would really want to be anxious about, what is most important to us, is kept uh, in heaven for us. Now, uh, verse 22 is an interesting verse. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Well, this is another way of saying that if the way you look at the value of your life is, uh, is that the stuff that you have in this world is your treasure, okay? If, if that is how you evaluate and how you see everything, then you, you cannot possibly have the treasures in heaven, nor the joy or the peace that comes with that. Uh, because the very eye through which you look at the world is wrong and distorted. So all the truth within you, which tells you what's really important and valuable and what's not, is all wrong. Because it's all darkness. Because everything that you actually see is the opposite of what actually is. But when your eye is correct and you see clearly, so for example, when you see for sure, for clearly what treasure in heaven is and that that is your treasure, then you see the world as God wants you to see it, and your whole life will be filled with light, just like a well-seeing person. All right, enough for today.